Благодарю Богом Церковь, начиная наше богослужение перед Господом. Встанем, пожалуйста, и утвердим. That your hand has outlined for the worship of your holy name and so allow your inheritance in the name of the blood of the covenant to be lifted to heights higher than us and to break all burden and sin that binds us may in this place be cursed as before all the works of devil illnesses poverty premature death demonic dependencies all forms of fears depression destruction covetousness stagnancy ignorance all of this Let it depart from the tents of your holy people and stand, O Lord, on the place of your rest, you and the ark of your greatness, and may your saints be clothed in your salvation, and may they rejoice before your countenance. Give us more from your Spirit, fill us with your Holy Spirit, and allow us to find your holy countenance. We thank you that this service is presented by Apostle Arkady in your divine arms, and we ask you to continue to lead it with your high and uplifted hand. Almighty God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. May you be blessed. Please be seated. The book of Jeremiah 6:16. Thus says the Lord, Stand in the ways and see, and ask for the old paths where the good way is, and walk in it. Then you will find rest for your souls. Returning to the old path of good. The opportunity to find or to return to the old path of good is the opportunity to come into the kingdom of heaven through the narrow gate, which in scripture is defined as the elementary teaching, or more specifically the governing teaching of Jesus Christ, who came in the flesh. Matthew 7:13-14. Jesus says, Enter by the narrow gate, for wide is the gate and broad is the way that leads to destruction, and there are many who go in by it, because narrow is the gate, and difficult is the way which leads to life, and there are few who find it. And as we have noted, returning to the old path of good, or finding the narrow gate in the teaching of Jesus Christ, is not something many achieve. And this, per the many statements of Christ, means that not many who, due to their, due to their stiff neck and ignorance, will not be able to find the narrow gate, in the elementary teaching of Christ, but will instead inherit eternal destruction. But those who will humble their heart before God and will become his student will be able to enter the narrow gate and walk the narrow path demonstrated in the elementary teaching of Jesus Christ will be able to inherit eternal life. <clears throat> As a basis for our study of the old path of good, we turn to the words of Apostle Paul, who by the mercy and inspiration of the Holy Spirit was successfully able to, in short and exact definitions, explain the consistency of the order that exists within the teaching of Jesus Christ. Hebrews 6, 1-2, this is an elaborated form of the place of Scripture. Therefore, sprinkling yourself with the elementary teaching of Christ and clothing yourself with the armor of light, which consists in the rule of this teaching, we will then build ourselves into a house of God because it is not possible to lay again the foundation of repentance from dead works and of faith toward God, of the doctrine of baptisms, of laying on of the hands, of the resurrection of the dead, and of eternal judgment. Hebrews 6, 1-2 
in a specific format as much as God has allowed and according to the measure of our faith, we already studied the doctrine of baptisms, including the baptism of water, the baptism of the Holy Spirit, and the baptism of fire. Therefore, according to the order of sequence pr- presented by the Holy Spirit, by Apostle Paul, we will turn to the next doctrine. This is the doctrine of laying on of the hands, which contains three ascending steps of covenants with God. And these are the covenant of blood, covenant of salt, and covenant of rest. Making these three covenants are called to happen, flow, and be within three baptisms, the baptism of water, baptism of the Holy Spirit, and baptism of fire. Therefore, the doctrine of laying on of the hands is a teaching about making a covenant between God and man, and between man and God. We know that laying on of the hands is a symbol of the legal aspect where a person with his own hand or personally signs an agreement with God where he consciously commits to serve God with a good conscience. In scripture, any offering made to God required the laying on of the hands of the one who was offering it. As it is written, Leviticus 1.4, Then he shall put his hand on the head of the burnt offering, and it will be accepted on his behalf to make atonement for him. And so this is the legitimate aspect where a person personally, with his own hand, signed a covenant with God. If today we sign our consent upon a clean page, before that was not how things were done. Covenants were signed with blood. You needed a sacrifice and you needed the hand of a man. Today, the hand and ink as we take our pen and we sign a a document. That was not how things were done before. A hand was used, but it was laid upon the sacrifice that was slaughtered. This was the signature. Where a purse, a person made an eternal covenant with God. This is how we sign our consent when we are baptized in water because that's where we make a covenant with blood and it is upon the blood of Jesus Christ the pure and without blemish lamb and now in this mutual covenant we will turn to study the first of the covenants which is called to confirm the legitimacy and be present in the two subsequent levels of covenant this is the covenant of blood which within the foundations of the wall of the New Jerusalem was made of the precious emerald stone and is the fourth foundation. The covenant of blood, fourth foundation, emerald. Revelations 21.19, the foundations of the wall of the city were adorned with all kinds of precious stones, the fourth foundation, emerald. Emerald is a precious stone of a beautiful green color. The ancients placed it second after the diamond and stated that the stone is of pure men who have absolute clarity of thought and feelings. He does not tolerate two-facedness, partiality, or deceit. Although the fourth foundation of the wall of the heavenly Jerusalem was made of emerald, this precious stone is also described in the rainbow which circled the throne of God. Revelations 4.3 And he who sat there was like a jasper and a serious stone in appearance, and there was a rainbow around the the throne in appearance like 
an emerald. An emerald in appearance, or a rainbow in the, in the appearance of an emerald that circled the one who sat on the throne. We need to know that every person not having made a covenant of blood with God, or who has broken this covenant, we make a covenant when we are baptized in water, and when you're asked, do you believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God? And you say, yes, I believe. And we're baptized in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And we're submerged into this baptism of water. And here we make this covenant of blood. And so we need to know that every person who does not have <clears throat> or has not made a covenant with uh, a blood with God or who has broken this covenant this person is being is being kept for fire in the day of judgment and the perdition of unclean men. Second Peter three five through seven, for this they willfully forgot that by the word of God the heavens were of old and the earth standing out of water and and in the water, by which the world that then existed perished being flooded with water. But the heavens and the earth which are now preserved by the same word are reserved for fire until the day of judgment and perdition of ungodly men. And after you know in the story of Noah that God had promised Noah that he would no longer flood the earth, he will never again flood the earth. But then this time around it will happen with fire. Here's what the rainbow really was saying is that I will not destroy men by, by water but by fire. We're not talking about the world that's in evil and immoral. We're talking about the world of people that are full, that's full of people that do not want to make a covenant with God and legitimize their lawlessness and sin, but continue to call themselves Christian. When we see the rainbow, we need to know that this world is being kept for destruction of all unclean and wicked. The emerald is also included in the twelve precious stones upon the breastplate of judgment of the high priest, considering that it is by the breastplate of judgment, by the means of the Urim and Thummim, God communicated with man. The function of the fourth foundation of the wall of the, of the heavenly Jerusalem implies the blood of the covenant about which it is written, Hebrews 12.24. To Jesus, the mediator of the new covenant, and to the blood of sprinkling that speaks better things than that of Abel. And so this precious stone emerald was upon the uh, breastplate of the high priest, who he carried it at his heart, and the blood of the covenant it has a voice, it can speak, and it can speak better than the things that are of Abel. And so, the blood of many righteous together with Christ's blood, when many voices are united, there could be a great quake from these kinds of voices. As you know, in situations where there people had marched, there were situations in history where there were bridges and there were a multitude of people marching all in unison all together and actual bridges would collapse due to the force of the people together it's the same thing with the voices 
that can take place. Making a covenant of blood with God in the baptism of water, we receive and agree to his entire order which is present in his immovable kingdom containing the powers of the coming age demonstrated in the elementary teaching of Jesus Christ. Hebrews 12, 28 through 29, it is written, therefore, since we are receiving a kingdom which cannot be shaken, let us have grace by which we may serve God acceptably with reverence and godly fear, for our God is a consuming fire. And so this rainbow, this fire of God, we see here reverence and fear before God's face. You see what the blood of, of Christ uh, also has in it. It allows us to revere before him and fear before him. We will obtain grace, and with this grace we'll serve the Lord acceptably with reverence and fear. Because we have seen in the blood of Jesus Christ this emerald <clears throat> that was over the throne. This emerald speaks of the fact that all that have made this covenant with God need to have reverence and godly fear before him. However, to fully understand the essence of the precious emerald stone, we, as with the previous foundations, need to look at the name of the apostle that is written upon this fourth foundation. The name that is written upon this fourth foundation of the wall of the heavenly Jerusalem is James, son of Zebedee. Matthew 10.2 Now the names of the twelve apostles are these, first Simon, who is called Peter, and Andrew his brother, James the son of Zebedee, and fourth John his brother. We've noted that the names of the apostles in the twelve walls of the New Jerusalem can sometimes comprise of two or three names. The combination of names belonging to the apostles, and in this case the fourth foundation is John, Zebedee, Bonerges, Mark 3.14-17. Then he appointed twelve that they might be with him and that he might send them out to pre- to preach and to have power to heal sicknesses and to cast out demons. You see what this foundation has within itself. Upon the foundations were the names of the apostles. When we have these foundations, these names, we have these characteristics, the Lord placed them for what? To send them <clears throat> out to preach. He will speak through these names. He'll have power to heal sicknesses and cast out demons. This was. James, the son of Zebedee, and John, uh, the brother of James, and he gave them the names Bonerges, this is sons of thunder. We've already noted that the name Bonerges, in literal sense, means the sons of thunder, proclaimers or heralds of the wrath of God, executors of the wrath of God, demonstrators of the jealousy of God, and the sons of God's fire. The name John, pronounced Johanan, in Hebrew means Yahweh is merciful, the name of John's father. The name of John's father, Zebedee, means fisherman in Hebrew and the Lord will give or the gift of God in Greek. These two names combined means, so these two names, James and Zebedee, means that by the means of the gift of grace, God will show his mercy. However, when adding the third name, Bonerges, and name Jesus gave John and his brother James, this combination of three names within the fourth wall, or within the wall of the fourth wall of the foundation of the wall of Jerusalem, means God will show His mercy to man, 
freely by his grace specified in the virtue of his burning and all-consuming jealousy. And so again, God will show his mercy to man freely by his grace, specified in the virtue of his burning and all-consuming jealousy. The combination of these three names. Hebrews 10, 20, 29. Anyone who has rejected Moses' law dies without mercy on the testimony of two or three witnesses. Of how much worse punishment do you suppose will be? Will he be thought worthy who has trampled the Son of God underfoot, counted the blood of the covenant by which he was sanctified a common thing, and insults the Spirit of grace? And so here we have two or three witnesses. John, Zebedee, Banerjee's. If at the time of the law, people were condemned to death, how much worse than will be one punished that tramples the Son of God underfoot, counts the blood of the covenant by which he was sanctified a common thing, and insults the Spirit of grace. The teaching of the covenant of blood is a teaching about the power or abilities contained in the mercy of God. The teaching about the mercy of God is a teaching about the abilities contained in the blood of the cross of Christ. <clears throat> so the covenant of blood, it speaks of mercy, but to have right to this mercy, we need the blood of the cross of Christ, not just the covenant of blood. Blood destroys sin. The cross destroys the producer, manufacturer of sin. And now it hurts when this, of course, the cross will hurt. And our brother Kari shows us that the true covenant of blood, it reveals mercy, and true mercy is in the blood of the cross of Christ. Blood destroys sin. The cross destroys the manufacturer, the maker of sin, the old man. Let us look at some important components which will be an opportunity for the realization of the faithful first promises which we can partake in exclusively upon the conditions that are contained in the covenant of blood. <clears throat> and so the first component of the covenant of blood is called to identify the wellspring of our righteousness as well as its format. Righteousness needs to have the right form, format, needs to be presented properly according to Scripture. Romans 3, 24 through 26, being justified freely by His grace through the redemption that is in Jesus Christ, whom God set forth as of His blood through faith to demonstrate His righteousness because in His forbearance God had passed over the sins that were previously committed to demonstrate at the present time His righteousness that He might be just and the justifier of the one who has faith in Jesus. Hmm. When I read the book of Apostle Paul, uh, it, there's such a condensed and such a deep thought and, and meaning within all these words. And so sometimes you need to reread these places of scripture uh, multiple times to be able to really understand how they come together. Uh, and the essence of the entire thing that, that is being written. And so, 
when you understand the entire phrase or uh, everything that's being said, you'll be able to then sum it up to understand it more clearly. The covenant of blood upon the condition that we collaborate with it is called to be our redemption from sin and death or the price with which God redeems us from the slavery of sin in which we have ended up. What does it mean to be redeemed? We receive redemption freely by grace. We are redeemed. This is one taken back or returned, purchased out of the slavery of sin and death, bound with God into one, beloved by God, inheriting with God, the holiness of God, the personal possession of God, the lot of God. For us to be the lot of God, we need to be redeemed. He needs to purchase us from slavery to make us his own. How important it is to hear about the covenant of blood because the word redemption is in the teaching of laying on of the hands in the covenant of blood, the covenant of blood we make in the baptism of water. What does it mean to be redeemed? When a person make, uh, it is baptized in water or makes this covenant in the baptism of water, the Lord has redeemed me from slavery of sin and death, from hell fire. He has redeemed and taken me back to himself and made us his own. And my now my spirit, soul, and body absolutely, entirely belong to him. And this is all in the covenant of blood. And when a person understands this, he can then make, uh, agree to the baptism of water. We need to know that the covenant of blood as the standard for the righteousness of God is the very first thing that is brought into the presence of God for God himself to show the completion and fulfillment of his perfect will which identifies the atmosphere in within which God rests from his works and also after then it is brought in this blood for us to present us righteous before him in the shed blood of Jesus Christ and so God again brought in his blood before his face so that it could satisfy his holiness and only after has redeemed us the blood needs to first satisfy him as Yahweh and then it begins to work for us as well therefore the covenant of blood first is called to to satisfy the demands of his burning holiness and only after to satisfy our needs which are primarily to protect us before God's face from his burning holiness and so the Lord has brought in his blood they would bring his blood the, the blood in before his face to satisfy his holiness and you see how this emerald works to be able to protect us from the burning wrath of God and his and so this emerald it will not just punish the wicked and unclean it will protect the righteous. He brought in his blood to satisfy his holiness, his requirements, his demands, and also to protect us before his face from his burning holiness. If a person makes a covenant with God in the baptism of water but does not understand how to collaborate with the powers contained in the covenant of blood and attempts in his prayers to come into God's presence simply by how he is wording maybe his prayers or phrasing them, which he himself does not understand and are not in are also not the face of the faith of his heart to announce his personal rights to this inheritance, 
the door to the presence of God will be closed to him because this door, who is Jesus Christ, can be opened in the presence of the Heavenly Father, but only to those who understand and collaborate with the powers contained in the covenant of blood, religious ascetism, and its polar opposite, all permissiveness, the focus on practicing spiritual gifts, good work, deprived of true purpose, religious traditions, human traditions, and activity in the form of rituals, uh, lacking the spirit, they obscure or overshadow the significance of the blood of the Lamb and brings the price or value of this blood to nothing. When the soul begins to get drunk with self-righteousness, making personal good work, its trust and its stronghold, as well as religious activity, it in this way tramples upon the covenant of blood and insults the spirit of grace. And so we need to know that however righteousness may appear to ourselves, our own personal righteousness in the eyes of the holy and perfect God, it appears, it is an appearance as uh, garments that have been dirtied. And so as you remember what Apostle Paul said, I have counted this as nothing. Put at your foundation the righteousness of God the justification of God there's different righteousness there's from the law that when I do something to become righteous and uh, righteous and so there's also righteousness by faith which I receive from God and I then begin to perform righteous works because of it only the blood of an upright and pure lamb is able to satisfy the burning and uh, holy uh, the burning holiness of the Father. What may appear in our eyes as worthy and honorable may not be in God's eyes. And so violating the covenant of blood in this way, sooner or later our building will fall or collapse and it will be great where you will not be able to change anything. And it will be a resounding then words that you will hear that depart from me, you who uh, do work uh, works of iniquity to inherit the kingdom of heaven is something we can do when we obtain righteousness which we can receive in the covenant of blood this was the first component of the covenant of blood we received the right to have God's righteousness which is in his godly format the righteousness we receive it needs to be righteousness by faith and not by the law and none of our good work need to overshadow the blood of Jesus Christ you need to look always to the root to the beginning to look at what Jesus has done for us and the 24 elders and the four living creatures when they were before God what did they do they removed their crowns and laid them before God and began to thank him they worshiped him and thanked him for the blood of the lamb by which they were redeemed a very important component second component of the covenant of blood is called to be the legitimate act of purifying a dirty conscience from sin Hebrews 10 19-23 therefore brethren having boldness to enter the holiest by the blood of Jesus by a new and living way which he consecrated for us 
through the veil that is his flesh, and having a high priest over the house of God, let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience, and our bodies washed with pure water, let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering, for he who promised is faithful. To make a covenant with God, by the means of sprinkling of blood, and a burnt sacrifice, first you needed to shed this blood. Matthew 26, 27, 28. Then Jesus took the cup and gave thanks and gave it to them, saying, Drink from it, all of you, for this is my blood of the new covenant, which is shed for, the, for many for the remission of sins. <clears throat> His blood needed to be shed for the remission of sins. Shed blood to cleanse us and put the sins upon someone else. First, they were on him, and the pastor, our pastor will show us upon whom they are placed. <clears throat> and so the blood that is shed for the remission of sins. In Hebrew, one of the meanings of the phrase, the blood that is shed for the remission of sins, is the Azazel. This is the goat, Azazel, who was released into the wilderness. <clears throat> there were two goats brought, one who was uh, slain, and then the second was released. Upon him the sins were, were confessed, and he was released into the wilderness without being able to return. One of the signs of the Satanists is the uh, upside-down star signifies specifically this. <clears throat> and so there's going to be a shameful destiny for those who sit upon the throne of Satan. <clears throat> and so this goat that is to be released, or as a cell. And so it was that situation that would take place, or the, or the incident, <clears throat> the act that they would perform uh, to determine which goat is to be brought to God and be slain for the forgiveness of sins as a symbol of Christ, who will, which goat will bear these sins to the cross to be able to cleanse and then justify his nation from their sins that they were born in, as well as the sins that they committed. Which goat? There was a cast lot for which goat would be would be slain and which goat would <clears throat> be released into the wilderness. And so Jesus shed his blood. And so you take your Jesus took his sin upon himself. And he took these sins to the cross, and the cross was the final stand, stand. And the sin was then taken to hell and placed upon this goat Azazel, and he was then resurrected. And so this is the goat that was a sacrifice, will take sins that were previously, the second goat then will be the goat that will receive the sins upon itself, taken from the first goat that was then slain, and this goat was then released. This goat 
Azazel. This is a evil, the word Azazel is an evil individual. This is a symbol of the fallen cherubim who receive, will receive uh, absolute vengeance for what he has done. In his heart, he had arrogance, and arrogance brought to disobedience, and thus disobedience and brought him to being thrown out of heaven. <clears throat> As fornication is not the first sin, cigarettes are not the first sin, alcohol is not the first sin. Shouting and screaming profanities are not the first sins. Arrogance that all religious people have, this is the first sin. And all the rest are just follow. After such an act, the first goat that was brought to God as a burnt offering for the cleansing of sin, he was a prototype of Christ who took the sins of his nation upon himself and died for these sins upon the Golgotha cross, will be justified. Which is why then God receives the legitimate ability to resurrect Christ Jesus, who represents this sin, this goat that was slain. If Jesus in his time would not have justified himself in the spirit, God would not have resurrected him from the dead, not being able to. But he justified himself in the spirit. He brought forth evidence to God of his uprightness. 1 Timothy 3.16 And without controversy, great is the mystery of godliness. God was manifested in the flesh, justified in the spirit, seen by angels, preached among the Gentiles, believed on in the world, received up in glory. And so, because of this, the day of cleansing would not have been that day of cleansing when this, all these sins were then put upon the head of the second goat, Azazel, and it happened on the day of justification, the day of cleansing. And so the justification of the people of Israel was by the because of the fact of, of Jesus resurrecting. And Jesus, with his death, then put all the sins upon the fallen cherubim. The second goat, who was, as a cast lot, selected for this purpose, who was released, this goat who was released in the wilderness, he did not die for the sins that were put upon his head, and the blood of this goat was not brought into God's presence for the cleansing of the people. To justify his nation, Jesus needed to take these sins upon himself. He needed to identify with our sin and die for our sins. And afterwards, to resurrect, he needed to justify himself. Romans 4, 24, 25. But also for for us, it shall be imputed to us who believe in him, who raised up Jesus our Lord from the dead, who was delivered up because of our offenses and was raised because of our justification. And so a more complete version of this uh, of this phrase that go to be released. And so to be released, it's life that is given as a trade. This is life that is given as a trade. This is life that is then poured out as droplets of sin. This is life that is replaced for ours. And so, 
says shed blood is a shed life and to be able to obtain this life can is something you can happen that can happen in the covenant of blood and so the covenant of blood makes us holy the covenant of salt allows us to demonstrate holiness and the covenant of rest allows us to see the results of holiness in the rest of God the covenant of blood makes us holy in the baptism of water the covenant of of salt allows us to demonstrate this holiness and the covenant of rest allows us to see the results of this holiness in the rest or peace of God and that's the this covenant of, of peace the rest is this baptism of fire as the covenant of salt is the baptism of the Holy Spirit And so a very interesting uh, way of understanding, this is a, a way to understand, to be able to see uh, the two individuals, the two, every time and a person wants to receive justification, there needs to be two present. The one, the evil one that will carry the sins, and then also Jesus Christ as a sacrifice. And to have these two in our life, we need to have a delegated person from God who will be able to present to us this truth, an apostle that would be able to help us uh, have these two and to be able to be justified. Azazel, the way we receive justification. The good individual is Jesus Christ, the good goat. His blood makes us holy. He takes upon himself our sins upon the cross. But to resurrect, he needs to remove these sins from himself. And these sins he can remove when these sins, uh, when the high priest brings the second goat and he places his hands upon the other goat and proclaims all the filth, all of the sins uh, upon the second goat. And then they will release this goat into the wilderness. And so these are, as you would imagine, all the uh, ways to just, uh, this is a person, as you can hear, who would justify their sins and blame everyone else. This is the kind of thing that will then take place. In justification, you can't do this alone to approach this goat as a zel. You need to have, it needs to go through the proper order. There was an individual who prayed for another. This individual was not authorized by God to pray for another gentleman who had a terrible form of diabetes. Once this person prayed for this person with diabetes, the next day, that person who prayed for this person was put, t- taken to the hospital with a serious form of diabetes. He was not delegated, authorized by God to be able to uh, pray for these people. When a high priest uh placed all the sins upon the second goat as a zel. He needed to then remove all his clothing after all this happened, the high priest, and bathe himself, uh, wash himself, put on new clothing, and then take the burned sacrifice, the, the remains of the burned sacrifice, uh, and 
take it out of the place. And so people who have these self-willed services, they cannot wash themselves or be clean before God's face. And things tend to happen to them and they don't know why they're happening. We're talking about the covenant of blood. So the third component of the covenant of blood is the right to drink new wine called to give us the ability to be filled with the power of the Holy Spirit. Matthew 26, 29. But I say to you, I will not drink of this fruit of the vine from now on until that day when I drink it new with you in my Father's kingdom. And so every time we take part in communion, this is the new wine in the kingdom of heaven. Here Jesus says, this is the new wine in the kingdom of of my Father. We are his kingdom. And every time we take part, we drink uh, of the cup and eat of the bread. Jesus is present. The great Jesus is present. He said, I will not no, not drink of this fruit of the vine from now on until that day when I drink it new with you, with his church, you will drink it. And so the Father then is present also during communion. <clears throat> In the given situation, the kingdom of heaven, the kingdom, uh, the kingdom of heaven of the Father is a, a, a gathering of saints from all tribes, languages, and people. They themselves have made this new covenant with God. And it is made in the shed blood of Jesus Christ. And second, this is also an individual person who partakes in this church or this 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 assembly of people who is able to rule over himself according to the conditions contained in the covenant of blood this kingdom again is what the chosen by God remnant his nation and also people which people who are able to rule or govern over themselves over their emotions I will drink the new wine in my kingdom What's this kingdom? The church. And what is this church? These are kings and priests. Who are these kings and priests? These are people who are able to rule over sin, rule over their emotions, and over their their ambitions and anything else, all the things that happen within ourselves. Let's see where else we can see this new wine. New wine, which in the, in the form of the uh, poured out for our sins, blood of Jesus Christ, becomes accessible to us only after we, by the baptism of water, make a covenant of blood with God in His Son. Many people who have made a covenant with God in the baptism of water, like the person in the story of the lost son, will not be able to drink of this new wine due to their ignorance due to their arrogance and their anger Jesus in the story of the two brothers showed how you need to be able to partake in and drink of the new wine and how you are not supposed to Luke 15 25 through 32 now his older son was in the field 
he was busy with evangelism, as our pastor explains. And as he came and drew near to the house, he heard music and dancing. So he called one of the servants and asked what the, these things meant. And he said to him, Your brother has come, and because and because he has received him safe and sound, your father has killed the fatted calf. But he was angry and would not go in. Therefore his father came out and pleaded with him. So he answered and said to his father, Lo, these many years I have been serving you. I never transgressed your commandment at any time, and yet you never gave me a young goat that I might make merry with my friends. But as soon as the son, as soon as this son of yours came, who has devoured your livelihood with harlots, you killed the fatted calf for him. And he said to him, Son, you are always with me, and all that I have is yours. It was right that he should make merry and be glad for your brother. Your brother was dead and is alive again, and was lost and is now found. Luke 15, 25-32 The new wine. He did not want to take part in the celebration to drink of this new wine. And it's interesting, our pastor says, he says, you did not even give me a goat to celebrate with my friends. He did not receive justification. Why was he in the field? He was trying to earn his salvation. He he he, said, he felt, I need to do something to earn the salvation. I worked so much. I earned and earned, and you never gave me a, a goat even to celebrate. He did not have justification, but to this one you gave this goat. And so when we, we, they would slaughter a, a goat and they would sla- slaughter also a small goat and they would, a young goat and they would also slaughter a young sheep. And this, and so you see here in this situation that uh, he did not have justification and he did not, uh, or not was not able to drink of this new wine, which is the new covenant. And we know what kind of destiny then he, he would, he will have. And so the next uh, place, or where else can we see this new wine in the in the covenant of blood? New wine in the covenant of blood is purpose for the new man born from God. Matthew nine seventeen. Nor do they put new wine into old wineskins, or else the wineskins break. The wine is spilled, and the wineskins are ruined, but they put new wine into new wineskins, and both are preserved. New wine is for the new person. I am a new person, but the new person's in our spirit. And so our, our, our thoughts and our, our words and actions are far from what our new spirit is. Unless you start, of course, are renewing it. Our soul, if it's not saved or renewed with the spirit of our mind, it is still in the state of death. It is the old man, our body. Did you not pay attention that you age? We age. What new man is it referring to? It's talking about the new man that is in our spirit. We need to understand that First it's the carnal and then the spiritual, but for the the body to become spiritual, we need the spirit to be born and then he would begin the work in the in the soul. From the spirit to the soul. 
And and so then by this new person being born, this new man being born in our spirit, he then begins to conquer the soul. And after that, uh, they then will conquer the body or take control. And so every time we take the cup of the new covenant, this is what is in it. The next illustration, new wine in the covenant of, of blood is called to produce this eternal life within man and be a guarantee that God will resurrect this person in the last day. John 6, 53-57 Then Jesus said to them, Most assuredly I say to you, unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink His blood, you have no life in you. Whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life, and I will raise him up at the last day. For my flesh is food indeed, and my blood is drink indeed. He who eats my flesh and drinks my blood abides in me, and I in him. As the living Father sent me, and I live because of the Father, so he who feeds on me will live because of me. When the disciples heard these words, many departed from him, from Jesus, and said, Who can listen to this sermon? How is he offering his blood to be drank and his, his body to be eaten? And they didn't like this, and they left him. Why? Because to drink the new wine, you need to be his kingdom. He told his apostles, don't be saddened. This is the tree that my heavenly father has not planted. Do not be saddened for those who may have been here and are not here today and speak evil against the church. Don't be sad because these are the trees that my heavenly father has not planted. Worry about yourself personally. To keep yourself within the kingdom. New wine in the covenant of blood is called to keep us from falling and place us before the glory of the Heavenly Father upright with exceeding joy. Jude one twenty four. Now to him who is able to keep you from stumbling and to present you faultless before his presence the presence of his glory with exceeding joy. And so when we're talking about joy, this exceeding joy, upright joy, this is not as much something you feel, but more the discipline of the mind and heart <clears throat> that is directed at fulfilling the perfect will of the Father. And this is in love and justice and hatred toward lawlessness. Ephesians 5.18, And do not be drunk with wine, in which is dissipation, but be filled with the Spirit, discipline of the mind, and discipline of the heart. If wine has made a person uh, emotional and unwound, we need to drink the new wine in the covenant of blood. We then, we, we become then the complete opposite. We uh, are able to discipline ourselves. The discipline of the spirit, discipline of the mind. This is a person who drinks the true wine of the Holy Spirit. Fourth component of the covenant of blood is called to be a strong consolation of hope, called to lead us behind the, the curtain of the sanctuary. Hebrews six seventeen through 20. Thus God determining to show 
more abundantly to the heirs of promise the immutability of his counsel confirmed confirmed it by an oath that by two immutable things in which it is impossible for God to lie we might have strong consolation who have fled for refuge to lay hold of the hope set before us this hope we have as an anchor of the soul both sure and steadfast and which enters the presence behind the veil where the forerunner has entered for us even Jesus having become high priest before forever according to the order of Melchizedek. What are these two immutable things? Into God's presence, they brought the blood of the covenant and the twelve breads that were made of the, the finest of, of, of wheat. He showed the body. This was one of the things that was brought in. His broken body, the broken body of Jesus and and the blood uh, and and this is all his blood a symbol symbolically this was all his blood he became the bread and in the cup was all his blood and so all his his absolutely broken body and his all his blood that was shed and now he's saying there's nothing I can there's no way that I can lie to you the resurrection of Christ will then now reign within your body if you will begin to proclaim the not existent as existent count yourself dead to sin living for God do you think that I lie it's talking about this great hope the two immutable things hope is the imperishable and undefiled treasure that is kept in the blood of the covenant and so hope that is contained in the power of the blood of the covenant is information about who God is for us and what he's done for us in the shed blood of Jesus Christ and this is not all hope of our calling contained in the power of the blood of of the covenant is one of the glorious names and virtues of God Romans 15:13 Now may the God of hope fill you may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing that you may abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. And so without the God of hope we will not be able to have this hope. And so the unsearchable inheritance that contains the treasure of all of the promises placed by God upon our account in the blood of the covenant is for us God himself. The covenant of blood becomes active when a person, by the means of learning, by listening to the preached word about the kingdom of heaven, begins to confess his faith that Jesus is his Lord and that he has resurrected him for our justification. When does the blood of of the covenant becomes active when we're silent and condemn no when we're si- when we're silent and we meditate meditating is good uh, but we need to confess the word there's a gentleman I spoke to that said I shame I I embarrassed myself in front of uh, brothers and sisters I did something wrong uh, I, I go to all the services, I go to all the cell groups, I do everything. But I asked him, do you confess the word? He says, why? I meditate about everything. 
we listen to the pastor so that we can confess the word, not just meditate about it, but to confess the word. The covenant of blood becomes active again when a person begins to confess the faith of his heart. Pastor says, while you keep the thoughts of God in your mind, you control them. But as soon as you begin confessing them, they take you under their control and you become a servant of righteousness. How important it is to be a servant of righteousness. You need to take and put these handcuffs on your hands. As soon as you thought of, uh, are meditating about the things of God, the thoughts of God, you, have, you now have the cuffs, but as soon as you confess them, you put them on, these cuffs. And so you meditate about these things and things you don't maybe understand completely. You will meditate about these things. You study, you focus upon them, and then you confess them with your heart. We continue talking about hope because these two immutable things, the next component of the purpose of hope contained in the covenant of blood is called to renew our strength when we will become uh, weary while we wait we will become weary the scriptures say that you will absolutely become weary and weak so and the Lord wants us to be able to see whether we have this hope in our heart Isaiah 40 30 through 31 even the youth shall faint and be weary and the young men shall utterly fall but those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength they shall mount up with wings like eagles they shall run and not be weary they shall walk and not faint it's not talking about elderly people it's speaking it's not saying the elderly will experience this it says those that trust in the Lord who wait upon the Lord who have taken the promise to re- who renew their mind these are people who trust upon the Lord they wait upon the Lord they will re- be renewed in strength we just need to understand what the body of, of Christ is and what the blood is the next component of the purpose of hope contained in the blood of the covenant is called to make us perfect and gives us the right to come closer or draw near to God. Hebrews 7.19 For the law made nothing perfect. On the other hand, there is the bringing in of a better hope through which we draw near to God. And so this better hope is the word of God, the foundation, the teaching of Jesus Christ upon which we can trust and from which we can uh, do everything and base everything on. And so this teaching needs to become hope in us so that we can trust in Him and rely upon Him. And this is so that the law will not have power over us and so that we become free of the curse of the law. To receive blessing, we need to put the teaching into our heart, the teaching that Jesus Christ gave us, this is the new hope by the means of which we draw near to God. The next component of the purpose of hope contained in the covenant of blood is called to bring life, eternal life into our heart by the means of the sermons 
that are entrusted to God's messengers. Titus 1, 1 through 3. Paul, a bondservant of God and an apostle of Jesus Christ, according to the faith of God's elect and the acknowledgement of the truth which, accor- which accords with godliness, in hope of eternal life which God, who cannot lie, promised before time began, but has in due time manifested his word through preaching which was committed to me according to the commandments of God our Savior. And so the Lord entrusts his truth to his apostles, his messengers, so that he can then pass it on to us. Continuing talking about the hope, uh, we're talking about the hope uh, as the blood and the body, and so where we find this hope. The next component of the purpose of hope contained in the blood of the covenant is called to keep the good thoughts of God that are only known to God, which are called to give us a future in God and with God, and by the means of this future, we'll have hope. Because of this future, we have this hope. Jeremiah 29, 11, For I know the thoughts that I think toward you, says the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you a future and a hope. Jeremiah 29, 11, For I know the thoughts that I think toward you. <clears throat> And so sometimes we say why or how and we ask the questions or for what. And so, for example, a sister becomes ill and someone asks for what reason. The question is not correctly asked. The way to ask is what, did the, what does the Lord want to say in this? The Lord says, be calm, church of God. Lord, what does it mean to be calm? For I know the thoughts that I think toward you. And don't ask each other for what reason and why. Or what do you think this might be for? The Lord says, I know the thoughts that I think toward you. And this thoughts is is not for evil but for peace and will give you a future and hope. The next component of the purpose of of hope contained in the covenant of blood is called to uh, present us holy and upright and guiltless before God. Colossians 1, 21 through 23. And you who once were alienated and enemies in your mind by wicked works, yet now he has reconciled in the body of his flesh through death to present you holy and blameless and above reproach in his sight, if indeed you continue in the faith, grounded and steadfast, and not moved away from the hope of the gospel which you heard, which was preached to every creature under heaven, of which I, Paul, became a minister. And so where it says, if you don't fall away from the preached word and that means what what it means not to fall away is to not fall into sin because if you fall away into sin it doesn't mean that you can't fall fall into sin to fall into sin or commit sin is different than falling away falling away means you now resist God consciously resist God having produced this first sin arrogance and arrogance in disobedience and rebellion. 
these people fall away? How do you determine if a person comes to you and says, I have my own mind, I have my own understanding, my own Bibles, uh, you begin to see this person has fallen away. A person who falls into sin, it says righteous will fall seven times but rise again. If he's righteous, the righteous falls, the lawless and wicked fall away. The next component of the purpose of hope contained in the blood of the covenant is called to give us confidence that we will meet with those who have died in the appearance of Jesus Christ and in this way then gives us comfort in our sorrows toward because of those that have fallen that have passed away. First Thessalonians 4:13 through 18 but I do not want you to be ignorant, brethren, concerning those who have fallen asleep, lest you sorrow as others who have no hope. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so God will bring with him those who sleep in Jesus. For this we say to you by the word of the Lord, that, he, that we who are alive and remain until the coming of the Lord will by no means precede those who are asleep. For the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of an archangel, and with the trumpets of God and the dead in Christ will rise first, then we who are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and thus we shall always be with the Lord. Therefore comfort one another with these words. And so we have confidence that we will meet with the Lord. And so we have a lot of questions sometimes why a young person passes away. It's difficult to say why. We may not know why, but we need to know that Jesus died and resurrected. And when he comes back, then he will resurrect all those who died in Christ. And we together will be raptured, or will be taken and raptured to heaven. We need to have a clear understanding of that. We have a lot of questions. And Jesus says, I understand your questions. The Lord says, but you always need to keep in mind again that when Jesus comes back, we will meet with all of those who died in the faith. If, of course, we keep ourselves in that same faith. This was the fourth component of the covenant of blood. Fifth component of the covenant of blood is called to lead us into the covenant of life and peace. Matthew 2, 5, my covenant was with him, one of life and peace, and I gave them to him that he might fear me. So he feared me and was reverent before my name. According to this place of scripture, we conclude that the covenant of blood as an element of life and peace is called to produce the fear of the Lord and man and reverence before his name, which is a carrier and demonstrator of the fear of the Lord. Job 25.2 Dominion and fear belong to him. He makes peace in his high places. If you paid attention in the given place of scripture, the fear of the Lord is a derivative of the dominion of the Lord. There is dominion, the dominion of the Lord, and the fear of the Lord. And where there's dominion, there is fear. If we don't have the fear of the Lord, then in my body, in my essence, I don't have God's dominion. 
this is a kingdom that has a territory where that is being dominated. If we have the fear of the Lord in our mind, then this is our body, then is a dominion of is a dominion a and so the enemy still shows himself, we become ill and but we have an enemy that we need to drive out from within our 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 limits, from within our boundaries. We can conclude that the truth of redemption that is preached in the covenant of blood, but without the element of the fear of the Lord, cannot be called true redemption, due to which redemption that does not contain the fear of the Lord is a demonic teaching. Practically, if the category of people who are called to salvation will not make sure to obtain the fear of the Lord, they will not have the sign of the covenant of blood before God, because of which they will partake in the destiny of of the man of sin and son of perdition. This is because faith in God without the fear of the Lord is the mark of the beast, which outwardly looks no different than the mark of God, but internally does not have the fear of the Lord, which is a guarantee and a sign of the covenant of blood. Sixth component of the covenant of blood upon the condition that it is being followed is that it is called to free us from the pit, which has no water. Zechariah 9, 11 through 12. As for you also, because of the blood of your covenant, I will see your prisoners free from the waterless pit. <clears throat> Return to the stronghold, you prisoners of hope. Even today I declare that I will restore double to you. The pit whose prisoners we become is our old nature in the form of our uncrucified soul. <clears throat> And seventh component of the covenant of blood is called to take part in the victory over the accuser who accuses us before our God day and night. Revelations 12, 10, 11. Then I heard a loud voice saying in, in heaven, Now salvation and strength and the kingdom of our God and the power of his Christ have come. For the accuser of our brethren who accused them before our God day and night has been cast down. And they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony, and they did not love their lives to the death. Right now we are going to pray. And I, on behalf of Pastor Arkady, invite all the saints who want to partake in this victory so that the accuser of our brethren would be cast down and overcome and how does this happen and in heaven there be, there was a war <clears throat> the archangels were fighting against the dragon and he was cast down how and that's because he did uh, he didn't find a place you need to remove him by the blood power of the blood of the cross of Christ blood destroys sin the cross destroys the producer of sin and sin will be destroyed when we don't just work with the blood properly, but with the blood of the cross of Christ. We wait for you here.
I am going to be praying your prayer. And I ask you to deeply believe that God is on your side. He's not against you. He has loved you with an eternal love. He has given us the work of his redemption. He has stood between us and all of our enemies. Close your eyes. This is your secret room. Lift your hands to God. This is a sign that your hands are without wrath and doubt. Pray together with me. Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, I come to you and upon this holy place in the church of your holy nation. I open up my heart so that you can see my pain, my suffering, my wounds inflicted by sin and lust, which I hate and that I reject. I come to you with my illnesses, fear, pampered dignity, a dishonor. I ask you, forgive me, wash me, cleanse me, heal my wounds, restore me, and protect me by the blood of your Son. And right now, before heaven and hell, I want to proclaim that in accordance to your words, I am washed, I am cleansed, I am healed, I am restored, I am justified, and I am saved. Your sins are forgiven and your trespasses in the name of Jesus Christ. May the Lord bless you. May he look upon you with his great face and show you mercy and give you peace. May thousands and ten thousands attempt to come near you, but they won't touch you. May the blessing of the ancient mountains and everlasting hills be on you. May, with noise, the old man be thrusted out of your body and in its place may the stronghold of life be erected. May all these blessings come upon you and your children. In the name of Jesus Christ, amen. As you can see, there are many things in the blood of Jesus Christ. I am confident if we gather today, either in our cell groups, you could talk about the blood of Christ. You will see even more and see further because you could talk about this eternally. We see in heaven, they speak of the blood of Christ and it continues, they continue to. And we need to continue to as well. Let us finish with our manifestation. Now to him who is able to keep you from stumbling and to present you faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy. To God our Savior, who alone is wise, be glory and majesty, dominion and power, both now and forever. Amen.